This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all expenses paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current front runner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you could watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give Fine Dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number fuck boy the number one fuck boy all you gotta do is trust me the number one fuck chet hayes in the fucking house joining me as always in the high and mighty studios my nearly silent co-host arthur gabris arthur give the people a shout out oh sorry arthur he's requesting a chunk of my mac weldon money before he will talk on mic also joining me in the high and mighty studios not requesting any of my money yet, but I'd be willing to give it to him because he's given me hours of free entertainment. It's my friend, comedian, writer, podcast host, Dave Schilling. Wow. What an intro. It wasn't as obnoxious as you had said. You were like, oh, it's going to be obnoxious. I thought there'd be like funny noises or like air horns or something. It was just normal Gabrus energy. And it's totally <laughs> yeah, fine. So, uh, I was about to say. It's very reasonable. It's more obnoxious for people who don't know me. People who have stood next to me at indie wrestling events can kind of assume how my tone it will be. <laughs> Who's this fucking guy? God damn. Yeah. No, this is, this is totally normal. As someone who's also an in, independent wrestling fan who has probably said all manner of obscene things to professional wrestlers. What you did was nothing, man. You're you're like a two on the spectrum right now. <laughs> oh well, thank you, thank you, and that's all I wanted to hear, Dave. That's what I was going. With. You wanted to hear that you're on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could have just went to my doctor to determine that, but I'm glad to I'm glad to hear it from my personal doctor, my Harold Bornstein, Dave Schilling. Mazel <laughs> that... tov to you, sir. Excellent. <laughs> Is that Trump's doctor's name? That guy, Doctor Harold Bernstein. Oh, yeah, something like that. I'm gonna have you <laughs> fill out my next medical paperwork that I need. I will. <laughs> I'll be like, this is my Dr. Dave Hawaiian shirt, thumbs up picture. <laughs> could, I, could I just say that you're, if they ask you if if you're sick, I'll just say, yeah, he's sick. Sick as fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. God damn. And then, and then somehow draw yourself going shaka, up top for a high five. <laughs> shaka narnar, baby. Yes. Uh, Dave, we have so much shit that we could talk about, but I when we when I emailed you about topics, you hit me with men's fashion and i was so into that idea <laughs> i'm currently so into that idea and 
I have been commenting on maybe every third IG post of your, every outfit of the day post you do. So I may have Thank cr- you. started this dialogue that way. But I started truly being like, damn, Dave looks tight today. Man, that's a little, for- <laughs> that's a little formal for me. <laughs> or like, And I'm like, why do I care so much? <laughs> but I was enjoying the conversation. <laughs> I appreciate you getting in there and letting your voice be heard, man. That's important. But uh, yeah, it's I a- thought about... It's time my voice was heard. It's exactly. about time. <laughs> yes, you're so you're so quiet all the time and reserved. I feel like now you, you know what? After all the things that happened in Minneapolis, it's time for you, John. <laughs> People to start need to hear from speaking me. Speaking <laughs> up. We want to know what you think about things. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I thought when you were like, hey, you get to pick your topic. What do you want to talk about? I was like, okay, I can talk about sports cuz I got a sports podcast, but no. Now, everybody talks about sports. Sports is just a played-out topic. It's too broad. I could talk about basketball, or specifically, or baseball. No, no. Too easy. Uh, I could have talked about, like, uh, I don't know, uh, RoboCop is my favorite movie of all time. I could have spent an hour oh, and a yeah. half talking to you about RoboCop. <laughs> Definitely yes, not I the understand. time. <laughs> not the time to be talking about RoboCop, okay? Let's not glorify the police any more than they already have been. Defund RoboCop. <laughs> Defund fucking RoboCop. <laughs> But we land. We landed, we landed on-, on fashion because I thought there's nobody else that's going to come on your show and ask you to talk about men's fashion. I cannot think of any other person in your orbit, in you know, any of our peers who care about clothes as much as I do. So that's what I thought, and because I'd seen you comment on my Instagram. <laughs> posts specifically when i do wear hawaiian shirts or i do wear sandals or birkenstocks or shorts you're like ah dude that's what i'm talking about that's the good outfit you got the good stuff now so i we could we can discuss uh, hopefully um my interest in formal wear versus your interest in extreme casual wear that borders on uh underwear or pajamas i i am i am at home i would describe my fashion as loungewear Outside, I would describe my fashion as vacation. That's what I'm aiming for. Uh, since especially, I dressed like this when I lived in New York. So moving to L.A. and having a car where I don't have to commute in shorts, flip flops, and a Hawaiian shirt is a real fucking. I don't have to commute on the subway in that. I could drive. I could drive in my car personally. So it's that's been my look and formal wear. I've formally rejected since I was a child. <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware that I can look, I can pull off a suit. I can't really, I don't feel comfortable in it, but I look good in a suit. You pull off a fucking suit very well. You look like, uh, a, a, someone who has some professional decorum of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I grew up in California where it's, it's quite casual. Uh, where people wear shorts and things all the time, whereas you know you're an East Coast guy, so I would think like suits and ties and 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 loafers and you know business wear would be something you would understand. So it's almost like we're we're switched. We're like <laughs> polar opposite people. Uh, when I go to New York, I don't want to wear shorts. I don't want to wear sandals. I don't want people barfing on my feet or pissing <laughs> on me or like having my bare thighs rubbing against the the subway uh, seats. Having it's disgusting. Your, having your raw ham your raw hamstring touch a fucking F train subway seat is is rough. I will admit, peeling my fucking fat hammy off of a fucking subway seat is is upsetting for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to get that thigh meat 
contaminated, you know? That's not I happening. Keep, I gotta keep... I, I'm not trying to contaminate my thigh meat or the car, uh, subway chair. I don't Absolutely not. Yeah, what if, what if I got all kinds of, like, gross gunk on my on my thigh meat, you know? You don't want to spread that shit. No. So, yeah, I, I, I try to dress up when I go to New York. But here, you know, I, I can wear seersucker pants, which I'm wearing right now, or I can Hell wear, yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, khaki shorts. Like, I want to be comfortable because it's too hot. And as a fellow bigger guy, we sweat. Oh. We sweat all the time. And men's menswear, traditional menswear suits and stuff like that, it's not designed for us to breathe. It's designed for people to be constricted. You know, you're, you're buttoning things up or wearing, you know, a, a vest underneath a, a, a suit jacket or something. Chelsea boots, you know, come up to your ankles, past layers, your ankles. Layers, layers uh, upon layers. Shirt, under uh, undershirt, underneath a shirt, underneath a jacket. I need to fucking breathe. Yeah. I need to be able to let my, my armpits get some air circulation. Otherwise, I'm going to be, you know, smelling like uh, the toll booth operator uh, <laughs> in the Jersey Turnpike or something. It's disgusting. I don't, I don't get stinky... Uh, from BO on day one, but I get wet. I get like vis. I can I can go through a. Sh- I've got, I've been known to uh, un- pit out a jacket that's like the third layer, like yep. in the back, like you know that's like go- <laughs> that's going through a vest, a t shirt, everything, and I- you got to have like that. Commitment like a southern lawyer, like in a time to kill, where you're just like everyone is drenched and we're okay with it. Like that's I have to just get there in my head and then I can live. But in yeah, or you carry like a fan and yeah. you're just constantly like, oh lord, 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 another spicy day down here in Savannah, Georgia, baby. Woo. Constantly worried about getting the vapors and passing. Exactly. Out. Like if I pass the fuck out while I was trying to like give us an opening statement in a trial. I feel like they they would disbar me because they think I was on <laughs> poppers or something. Uh, I, I have a suit. It's a beautiful suit, very expensive. Probably in total cost me over twelve hundred dollars or something. It's from uh, this designer Dries Van Noten, who's I think he's Danish or something. One of those white races that you've heard about. <laughs> uh, and it's very thin summer summer weight suit. But if I wear it for the entire day during the day. I will take the jacket off, and it's like a navy blue, like almost dark enough to be black, but it's navy. And there'll just be sweat rings on my back. Just white. It's like someone drew chalk on the back of my fucking suit, and that's sweat. (laughs) So I'm dry cleaning this thing every single time I wear it, or I'm just like rubbing it out with like water and a paper towel just so I could wear it again because I sweat so fucking much. So you can't really be fashionable if you're a sweater. I, I can relate totally. And I think that's the that's part of what I think the leisure wear, like the button-down shirts open with uh, no undershirt and shorts and sockless toms or flip. I think it all stems from my desire to not sweat out clothes. Because I find men's clothes is like, there's like, yep. just going back to the spectrum, the uh, men's clothing has two spectrums. It's like uh, formal, stuffy constrict yourself in and then on the other side is like tactical <laughs> under armor like it's like men you, men have two choices like are you wearing a performance fleece that breathes with like a fucking underarm and vibrams 
uh, like toe shoes or are you wearing a fucking high heels and a fucking polyester suit? Like there, it's like somewhere in the middle lies some cool ass fashion. I'm aware, but I've, in my mind, those are the two options men go like it's like i'm either the dude in fucking head to toe fucking tactical gear or head to toe fucking pimped out like layered ass suit yeah i'm just i'm just imagining you in like a a riot helmet and a fisherman's (laughs) vest (laughs) like i'm fully tactical uh yeah and the problem (laughs) if you're if you're you or me right and we're kind of like we're not normal shaped we're big we're tall we're, we're wide is Clothes are not made for us, right? That, They've that, got- thank you. This is the other major fucking thing is that I can't even fucking, nothing's cut for my build. Right. So if yeah. you buy off the rack, if you go to Zara and you're like, I'm going to buy a suit and I'm going to wear it to a job interview or a funeral or a whatever, you know, I'm going to buy a suit at, off the rack from a fast fashion place or whatever. They are cut for a certain body type. They are cut for a body type that is thinner, that doesn't have a waist, you know, or or any sort of significant amount of baggage in their seat. <laughs> I, when I went to when I went to get my I'm, I'm, Dave Schilling got that big ass backyard, baby. I got a fat ass, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I got a huge fucking ass. And when I got my suit done for my for my wedding, when I first when I got married, I'm divorced now, but I used to be married. Uh, I went to Men's Warehouse. That's how how little money I had at the time. Uh, I went I went to Men's Warehouse and I got a Joseph Abood suit. Joseph Abood is like one of the things you can get at uh, at uh, like, like a Macy's, Kohl's, like yeah, a Kohl's or oh, Macy's or something. Yeah. yeah, like some just kind of generic trash brand. Anyway, I get the suit, and the guy's like, "Whoa, you got you have a pretty significant seat there, sir." <laughs> and he's Thank like you. drawing all he's drawing all around my ass. Like, I guess we got to take this out and move this and do that. That costs money. Yeah, <laughs> it costs so much money to be able to get clothes that fit your body type. Yeah, Dave, as we say, Dave's got that expensive ass. <laughs> I, I, I got a million dollar ass and a ten cent face, baby. Woo! That sounds like opening bars to something I would be excited to listen to. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I'm a writer. I'm that's my job is to come up with cool shit like that. So if you don't have the money to get a suit you know either you know made uh from scratch you know a bespoke suit if you don't have that you can get it altered but even if you get it altered the suit is still designed for someone that's not you so it's they can take it out as much as they want or they can take it in or whatever but it's still not going to fit properly on your body if you get a bespoke suit and you've got thousands of dollars to waste then you can get something that's going to make you look like George Clooney. But that's not something you and I can do. Right. At least not, at least not right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I, just, I did get a custom suit for my wedding, but I got a custom suit from a like New York custom suit place. So it wasn't like a bespoke as much as like you go there, they measure you and like they 3D print a suit overseas. <laughs> I call it 3D printing. Unfortunately, it's probably child labor or something, but I got like a real, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy expensive, but it wasn't cheap either. I think I paid like $800 or $900 for a three piece uh, suit make cut for me. And for people listening who are like, I don't have the money for that. 
look in your closet from the men listening. Look in your closet and look at your suits. Do you have three three hundred dollar suits that kind of fit, do, kind of don't fit? You, if you got one really good suit and like two under two dress shirts and three ties, you can rock six weddings in one summer, like one six weddings in one season with one suit if you play your cards right. And the it's it's worth fucking coughing up the extra bucks to have a tailored suit. To have a custom suit, yeah. This is a crucial thing to, to, to understand. First, I will say I think your point about child labor is interesting. Child labor is the original 3D printer because <laughs> they are three dimensions and they do print things out. Anyway, and, I had and, to- and, and people like to ignore the step when you from when you <laughs> click print to when it's done. Like, how does 3D printing work? It's like, uh, how does this uh, suit made so cheap? You're like, uh, don't answer. Don't worry about it, baby. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just buy uh, it for cheap. Trust me. Yes, yes. Yeah, so... The important thing to know about a suit is that it is not just the suit, right? You have options when it comes to a suit. You can wear a suit with different shoes, different shirts, different ties, no tie. Um, you can do so much with a suit. The, so jacket, let's say, the jacket with jeans, the pants with just a shirt. Yeah, exactly. So you, can, you could do a, a million different things, but you have to have the creativity and the thought behind how to put you know an outfit together so if you buy just a navy blue suit you can wear that to weddings you can wear that to court <laughs> if god forbid <laughs> god forbid you find yourself uh crossing paths with johnny law you can wear it to court you can wear it you know to like um you know barbecues or crawfish boils or whatever the fuck people do in suits i don't know you can do any kind of thing with that you can wear it to work but you have to know how versatile the items are. You have to have an eye for that stuff. And that comes with time. That comes with randomly scanning magazines to look at how other people dress and see what other people do. That's where I learned how to dress is not just because I have an innate sense of style, but because I saw other people who had style. And I said, that inspires me to do something similar, but not exactly like that. Yeah. And then also a little bit of what you're saying too, is a little trial and error is like, you got to throw that suit pants on with a shirt and a cardigan and be like, nope. You know, whether you catch it in the mirror or you catch it after a night out where you were like that wasn't the vibe i was going for and like I, you were I gonna brick a fit it is guaranteed you're going to brick fits yes exactly but that <laughs> means that means you need to have your friends your boys around to tell you you fucked up oh yeah the f- your friend group is just as important to your style as anybody else because your friends are going to be able to call you out when you do something dumb yeah, it's like uh, weaponizing bullying. It's like it's like you're just you're recreating the shit that happened to you in high school, but you're asking for it from your peers. You're like, okay, bully me for this outfit, and if they're like, actually, it looks pretty tight, you're like, got it, mission accomplished. But if they're like, oh, you like look at that fucking collar, it looks like you're trying to choke down mayo or whatever. You're like, got it, okay, time to fix that. Yeah, if you give your friends, if you give a bunch of dudes a chance to talk shit about you when they don't take it, <laughs> They're not that means friends. they got no ammo. They got nothing because they would. Gla- every guy would gladly just 
<laughs> mercilessly rail you for being a clown if they had the chance. Like all my friends are basically just waiting for me to fuck up. Right. Just they're only around because they're waiting for me to fuck up. Yeah, and uh, I can't even. I can't even have a typo in a text. <laughs> like exactly. Like, like look at this fucking clown. What, uh, what do you go to community college? You jack off. Like they can't wait. I bought Yeezys a couple years ago oh, before boy. Kanye fully became a MAGA guy. I bought Yeezys. <laughs> So sometimes I will wear them because one, I spent two hundred and fifty dollars on them, right. and it's like okay, I'm going to get my money's worth for these things. And two, they're really comfortable; they feel great on my feet. Yeah, and I don't care what they what they stand for to you. If they if they're comfortable on my and my big ass feet, I'm going to wear them. So sometimes I'll wear them just just out to do nothing important. And then I'll just get ragged for it. It's like, look at those stupid potato sacks on your feet. You look like a, you look like a fool. You look like a sharecropper. What's wrong with you? Com- but that's what that's what your boys are for, man. Your and, boys are there to keep you in check. And you know, you don't. And now you know. It's like when I'm putting on the Yeezys, I'm I'm prepared. I know what I'm asking yeah. for. I'm 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 asking for it with this outfit. Uh, that's probably the worst way to phrase that, but you you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to you have to know what you're getting into um, if you're going to make a choice like that, and that's fine. You 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 are allowed to make bad choices, but your friends are yeah. also your friends are also trying to look out for your best interest, and they're going to tell you like, I don't know if you should wear purple and yellow together. It doesn't look very good. You kind of look like the Joker, <laughs> and maybe you should tone it down. Yeah, unless you're marching, like unless you're at a Lakers game or you're marching in like a a, a second line, like I don't think you can pull off purple. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There there are situations where it's okay, and there are situations where you look like the Joker. Um, you mentioned going to court. That's how I feel when I put a suit on. I always feel like I'm an offensive lineman who got like a, a college offensive lineman who's going in for his DWI. I just feel like my. I can never I've never buttoned the top button of a fucking dress shirt since I was like <laughs> 13. I have like this fat fucking neck and arms and like the jacket like I can get the button on but only one and it's you can hear it asking for uh support the entire time. And that's how I feel. And then when you get a fucking custom suit that puts on you and you feel like fucking bond. You feel like you're like holy shit, this is different. And the whole time I was just choosing to make myself uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, in these suits, and 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 because I didn't like wearing suits, I didn't want to put efforts into or money into buying suits. But then, like, along comes a year when you're in your early 30s, and uh, I mean, this probably happens in the early 20s of people who don't live in New York or LA. But in your mid 30s, all your friends start getting married for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the first time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the second time. Some a lot yeah, of them, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, so you're like, oh, I got to wear a suit uh, once in June, twice in July, two in September. And then you're like, you get yourself a fucking suit that feels comfortable and that works. And then it's you're not dreading it. You're looking forward to slapping on your suit because you know you're not going to destroy your fucking pubis with a fucking <laughs> tight waist. You know that you're not going to split. I, I've split my dress pants at like three different parties. And it's like now that but when I go in with my fucking custom made pants. I'm un- indestructible. 
Confidence. It's all about confidence. Yeah. If you are if you are physically uncomfortable, you're going to be emotionally uncomfortable. So it's wow. not that people. Wow, I like that. Boom. <laughs> I mean, somebody let me write a self help book about clothes. God damn, he's smart. Um, yeah, you want to? I wouldn't. Sh- if, I wouldn't shout out the publishing industry on High and Mighty. I don't know if they're listening. <laughs> hey, yeah, you- Simon and Schuster. <laughs> I know you love Gabrus. <laughs> Hey, Let's New York Literary World. Who's listening? <laughs> Harper's Bazaar. Uh, Jonathan Franzen has uh, been a day one shithead, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Loves action, boys. Um, yeah, man, I just, I think um, people who say they don't like to dress up just have a bunch of bad suits and bad shirts. And I was like that when I was a kid because I was... Even when I was, like, at my most fit when I was playing baseball, I was still a lopey, lumpy-looking fucking guy. So when I dressed up, I was just like, ah, God, why can't I just wear, like, uh, cargo pants from Abercrombie or something? This sucks. But that's because the collars were too big or too small. Like, I have a neck that's not as big as yours, but I have a neck that is significant enough that... I'm somewhere in the middle between like a 16 and a 17, but not even a 16 and a half. It's yeah. like it's just I, I'm like I a, don't I'm like a eight, I'm like an 18 doesn't close. I have to go to like <laughs> I have to go to like mine has to be from like the Dallas Cowboys line of dress shirts or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wherever the guy uh, Hightower Bubba Smith from the Police Academy got his suits. That's where I need to go. I need to get. Hightower seats. Uh, Hightower yeah. and Tackleberry is a great two-person name for a clothing company. It sounds like a, <laughs> they sound like British tailors, right? Uh, yeah. Savile Row tailors, Hightower and Tackleberry for all your bespoke needs. And then fucking Michael Winslow shows up and starts, starts beatboxing. Zip. Cool. He's doing all the noises <laughs> as you get you dressed. Zip. When you. <laughs> <laughs> But when you dress well, man, you can feel it. You can feel you're a different person because you're not... It's as close to being naked as you're going to get in public. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say because you're not... uh, The clothes should fit effortlessly on you and not show themselves off. There shouldn't be no attention drawn from what you're saying to what you're wearing because it should look comfortable, physically comfortable. Once you start wearing things that don't fit... Then you're like sucking in your gut, or like you're you're bending over, or like you're doing all kinds of geriatric or uh, gymnastics to to make yourself look good. If you have a good suit, if you have a good pair of pants, you don't have to do all that shit, and you can just focus on being comfortable and being yourself. Do you think part of the reason I and other people, or maybe even yourself, re- men reject uh, formal wear early is because when you're a child, you have you're like forced to wear it in like. What are for a child boring situations? It's always like it's for communion, it's for a party, it's for the awards dinner, it's for graduation. It's all shit that kind of sucks when you're a kid. So it's like stuff that sucks for sure. Yeah, and then when you're older, it's like going to a wedding, going to a friend's party that requires a suit. That's a fucking party. That's a good time. But you you still have the holdover. I was like, the suit is for job interviews. The suit is for college admissions meetings the suit is for i got in trouble with the police and i gotta wear one. like it's oh if the suit feels negative to me but i think there's a point when you get older when you realize i'll put on this fucking because 
the people that I think are the craziest are the Paul, the Pauls of the world, the PFTs and the uh, the Paul Feegs. The they're both PFs, I guess. Uh, these guys who go full formal wear full time. Yep, yep. I just like that's just not something I can even wrap my head around. But when you see them, you're like, that guy, this person pulls it off. I've I've always liked people like that who have a not a persona, I guess a public persona like. Um, the author Tom Wolf would always wear like a like a, a white suit, um, yeah, and a hat, yeah, and a, and a vest like a three piece suit uh, that's white. Like that was cool. Or Fran Lebowitz, the 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 writer, she always wears the same like Anderson and Shepard blazer, jeans, and cowboy boots. And like that always seemed cool to me because that meant that you had a trademark, you had a a thing that people remembered you for. You were special in some way. Hunter S. Thompson always wore Hawaiian shirts and mirrored sunglasses. Or not mirrored sunglasses, but like colored sunglasses. The yellow sunnies and then that bucket hat, that ugly yeah, ass bucket like, hat. Yeah, like that's great because that means you're like a character. Like yeah. I've always wanted, I, people who are actors, you know, they can be whatever character they want to be. But I've always wanted to be a character all the time. <laughs> and like be like Wes Anderson is a fucking character all the time. He's always being fucking Wes Anderson all you the time. You wanted to be the character Dave Schilling all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted myself to be a persona. Like that's always seemed cool to me. So I always gravitated towards people like that and PFT dressing up is awesome. I don't when did he even start doing that? Because if you watch like old stuff that he's in or or, or whatever, yeah. like old pictures of him when he was at I guess Second City or whatever, he just dressed like a regular guy. So yeah. what at what point did he say, Ah, now I have the resources and the wherewithal to just be that guy who dresses up like a Southern lawyer all the time? That's a good question. I uh, I was a PA on Best Week Ever in two thousand and five and I was transcribing PFT interview tapes and he was fucking suited to the nine back then so it's been at least 15 years at this point incredible yeah incredible well i mean i i, I appreciate his commitment to that and doing that i think it's awesome and it's yeah. something i aspire to at some point but i think the reason why kids don't like dressing up is what you said but also because you don't get anything out of it there you go today if i dress up if let's say i was single again and i dress up and i go to a bar let's say bars are open and I look good. I look actually good in my clothes. There is a reward of possibly having sex with someone. Right. If I, if I dress up and I go to a, a party, an industry party, and I look really good and I impress a bunch of people, the reward is career advancement. Right. Or even you just feel better about yourself. That is a reward enough that gets you in, like, you know what I mean? Like, if if it's going to make you enjoy the party that much more or enjoy how you feel about yourself that much more, therein lies the success. But if it's your communion, you're not like, I get a fucking bond from grandma whether I wear a suit or I don't. Exactly. There's no social benefit to dressing up. Sexual benefit financial benefit <laughs> those are the two things that motivate people to do everything <laughs> right. so when you flip through a fucking gq magazine and you see like people talking about their favorite watches or something the watch is not only to impress people but also to show to other people that you are successful if you have a nice suit that means you must be a good person like it's it's all connected 
And I think that's why I got into clothes and that's why I became so obsessed with dressing well the last, I think, five years is when it really went from like, oh, I, I'll go to H&M or, or Zara and try to find something cool to like, I'm going to just take the money that I have and I'm going to buy the nicest stuff that I can and not have a bunch of it, but have enough good stuff that I can always feel like I'm I, I'm a, a more comfortable, happier person. Yeah, I would say in the last couple of years is the first time I started like purchasing clothing that I knew I liked and not just like for I would say up until two years ago, I was living off of cargo shorts and free T-shirts given to me from and, and, <laughs> and then any one of my non t any one of my non graphic T-shirts or ties or anything for the longest time was all stolen wardrobe from the assorted jobs I hosted over like five <laughs> years. It's like thank you to True TV and, and MTV for supplying me with like four blazers, like eight button down shirts, and two pairs of jeans over the course of the last. But now. And here's the here's the thing. The only thing I've started doing since I I'm a little more financially stable. I wouldn't even say have money yet, but I when I find a shirt that fits, when I find a Tommy Bahama double XL Hawaiian shirt that I like the way it sits on me, your boy goes and gets three different colors. When I when your boy finds uh, a pair of shorts that fit, when he finds that the Chubby's khaki shorts have elect, <laughs> uh, elastic waistbands and work very well and look kind of formal vacationy. Your boy buys eight. Your, guy, your boy waits till a discount is on, and then he buys eight of them. And now I know how they're going to fit on my body. I don't have to. I, I'm, brand, I'm so brand loyal because of fit and because you, you were discussing it earlier about the weird bot. I, I, I don't need to get into body image issues, but I'm a big guy. I'm 6'2", 300 pounds, but I have huge thighs. Big shoulders, <laughs> big arms, no ass. I'm on the uh, again. I'm on the other end of the shilling spectrum. There, I have no hiney, big gut. So my body is like to to fucking put on. First of all, I need to get like a Coleman's four person tents worth of material to turn it <laughs> into a fucking shirt. So when I find shit that that sits on my body right, I be I'm and that makes me brand and designer loyal. Like because I know and I don't even mind. I, some people don't want to buy a 3XL, but once I understand your cuts, like I can do a double XL in Ralph Lauren, but I need triple XL in, in this, 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 and this. So once you once I know that, I start to feel way more comfortable with myself. And that's something you can only learn by like, and this was new to me, paying attention to what you're wearing and like giving a shit and stuff. And it was the most minor of steps, but I do feel better every day that I'm like Oh, I like these sneakers. Oh, I they're comfortable. They look cool on me and they look good with shorts, something I also wear a lot. So, boom, buy two pairs of those shoes, buy five pairs of those shorts. That's like what I've done. And and, I, and I'm talking about $40 shorts, $50 shirts. I'm not even buying bougie expensive shit, but that's just the idea that I'm like, "Oh, this works for me. Let me and I I enjoy it. I feel good in it. Let me get two more." And keep the variety going, but I like just locking in where everything in my closet I know is gonna put I'm gonna put it on and go, that feels good to put on. Yeah, I think that's the important thing that everybody needs to know is you're not going to get the same fit wherever you go size wise. 
Like you could be an XL at one store and you can be a double XL at another store. And don't feel bad if you're a double XL and you have to ask the clerk at the store th- yeah. for a double XL. Like I go to APC, the APC on, on Silver Lake or uh, Sunset in Silver Lake. Um, not too far from the 99 cent store. If you know where that is, <laughs> it's Silver Lake. It's across the street from the 99 cent store. It's a, it's like a mid-level, like pretty expensive, but not too expensive French clothing brand. And I know that if I go there, I am going to have to most likely wear a double XL. Now I like their clothes and I could pretend I'm an XL to feel like I'm thinner but that's not the point the no one's gonna see what size it is they're gonna see that it fits you that's that said i can go other places and i'm still an xl but it's just because certain things are cut for thinner frames certain things are cut for bigger frames um so you can't assume that you're an xl everywhere try on clothes if you were buying anything off of the rack try it on first do not assume it's going to fit, even if it's a place you go to all the time. Yes, because that's the thing that kills me is when uh, your normal, like Ralph Lauren does this a lot because they're double XLs and they make fun colors and patterns. So I'm often looking through their stuff and their double XLs always fit. But then there's just like a new kind of cut or some kind of new design. And it's like this year's short sleeve double XL shirts just don't fit me for whatever reason. And it's just like a slight cut. Like I'll get a double XL shirt that'll fit everywhere, but the bicep or it'll fit everywhere, but I can't get any of the buttons closed. And it's like just yes, last year, this exact kind of fucking pattern worked. For over a hundred years, Trico has been the leader in innovation and ingenuity for everything wiper blades. Trico was the first mass-produced wiper blades, and they have received numerous awards from vehicle manufacturers who trust Trico to put the best product on their vehicles. One of their products, Trico Neoform, is designed to match your vehicle's exact connection. No more guessing, no more hassle, no more confusion while installing your wiper blades. Not only are they easy to install, but they are high-quality beam blades, Built to beat any type of weather. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. High quality beam blades built to beat any type of weather. Trico Ultra Wiper Blades are American-made premium beam wiper blades that shine in any weather. These blades also feature a unique design that converts wind force into extra pressure, allowing for maximum windshield contact. And the Trico Smart Set Wiper Blades automatically pairs the correct size and fit wiper blades specific to your vehicle. That's two wiper blades sized perfectly and with the correct connection already attached. Simply visit wipers123.com, enter your vehicle information, and select whichever smart set you prefer. Trico Smart Set Monsoon for areas with heavy rainfall, Trico Smart Set Tundra for cold snowy areas, and Trico Smart Set Storm for everything else in between. Go to wipers123.com and use promo code MIGHTY at checkout and receive $10 off your next order of $40 or more. Go to wipers123.com and use promo code MIGHTY at checkout and receive $10 off your next order of $40 or more. Trying on clothes is my least favorite part of life. I'll say that one of my least favorite things, and that's obviously coming from a point of privilege when one of your least favorite things that you have to do in life is try on clothes. <laughs> but because of my job, it's a, uh, as an actor, it's a major part of being an actor. And then as being yeah. a human being that needs to shop, it's a major part of that. And I think 
putting what I just said and what you just said together, I think part of the reason why when I find a shirt that fits and I buy three of them is because I don't ever want to, like, if I could prevent having to try <laughs> shit on, it's so ideal. <laughs> yeah, don't make me do this anymore. There is a, I think there are a lot of people who think there's some sort of ideal number of clothes you're going to have in your wardrobe. You'll never get there no. if you like start to like clothes. You're always going to want to try different things. But your point is well taken about Ralph Lauren is fashion changes. Fashion is always changing. There are seasons in fashion. You know, there's fall, winter, there's resort, there's spring, summer. There's all of these times when they put out new clothes. And the way people think about how clothes should look on your body changes. The way that people think that uh, you should uh, wear your pants or wear your shirt or whatever. It's going to change. Yeah, we've been we've been alive through baggy sweatpants, through tight sweatpants, from baggy jeans to bootcut jeans to tapered leg jeans. Like, uh, we've uh, we've seen all of these things pass, and it's like along the way, are you changing jeans? Are you fucking digging in your heels because you love boot cut? Like, what's? I can't imagine going back from tapered on sweatpants and jeans now having done it, but I can't imagine baggy ever being in style again. My my immense joy in life is knowing that there will never be a time when elastic waistbands leave our planet. Yeah. <laughs> when we were kids, there was no elastic waistband anything. There was sweatpants. Yeah. If you wanted something that stretched, you got sweats or you got leggings or something. Oh, I'll tell you what, I didn't even wear I didn't even own jeans going into sixth grade. Uh, you can't. It's like, yeah, if you have a fucked up body, you can't buy jeans. I was the kid who's wearing like sweatpants and like bike shorts to school <laughs> with like a, or Zubaz pants and like a solid print neon colored T-shirt, which worked for me up until like sixth grade when I went to like an all black and Hispanic school because no one was like I was just getting roasted. But when I went to the, when I switched to like an all white school is when it got to be like psychological bullying hit in. And I was like, Mom, <laughs> I need jeans immediately. They don't like my puff paint yin yang crew neck sweatshirt I wore. <laughs> yeah, why is this guy dressed like Brian Bosworth? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck like is that. wrong with him? Why is this guy dressed like my dad who's the assistant soccer coach of my travel soccer team? It's truly what it was. It's like this kid's thirteen. He shouldn't be dressed like this. <laughs> but you, but now I don't know if it's because we've just given up as a society, or we just are comfortable being comfortable. But I can get dress pants that have an elastic waist, Dude. and it's like okay, now I can dress like a human being instead of being concerned about like oh, if I get the waist too too wide, the sh the pant leg is going to be too long, and I'm going to be walking on my pant legs. Because you know how with jeans, it's like oh, this is a 30, 34 waist and a thirty leg, or like you, I, the worst fucking thing in the whole world is rummaging through the jeans rack at, at Urban Outfitters like, or something. Do you have a like, forty two, and they're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, we don't make that. And you're like, don't say we that. have one forty two, <laughs> but it's also forty two long yeah. pant legs. So you have to be minute bowl, but you also have to be fat as fuck. <laughs> this, like this is not for me. I need a thirty six. 32 that's all i need and it's impossible to find a 36 32 dude i it's horrible i i am with i'm with you on that the the stretch in the waist is like a dream come true because especially going back to the formal wear thing it's like if you have to if you wear your suit like once a quarter 
it's not going to feel the same every time you put it on because you know you might have a little bit of a quarantine belly going. You might have a little bit of uh, you might have uh, been hitting the curls a little bit and the jackets tight in the arms or whatever. But that little bit of elastic lets you go. Oops, I put on five pounds. I can still wear these pants or. More ideally, I could put on these pants and then put on five pounds at the party, which is what I need. Exactly. The I need the elastic waist. So when I when I put them on, I feel comfortable. And then when I have my eat the rest of my wife's entree, <laughs> I don't feel <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've had enough beer to where I'm maybe three or four pounds heavier just from liquid. And so I need yeah. some room to move. <laughs> New Year's Eve. We went to a New Year's Eve party that was formal. And so I wore a double-breasted suit from this Swedish company called Acne Studios. It's very nice. Uh, it's it, I got it altered so that it fit my fat ass. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as I started drinking and eating, I was just like, mm, I'm uncomfortable. Now I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Like, I sweat when I'm uncomfortable. When I'm trying on clothes at the store, I start sweating because I'm uncomfortable because I'm moving around because it's hot in the store. And then I look like I'm going to start ste- stealing from people or something. <laughs> and then sweat sweating makes you uncomfortable. And then it's a constant cycle. Now, now you're uncomfortable with the fact that you're sweating, which just making you sweat more and then you're like quick i gotta pull up these fresh pair of pants over my sweaty calves and it feels weird and uh, i feel i gotta buy these now like it's i you're preaching to the choir dave that shit is so stressful (laughs) to me yeah i got my stink on it so i have to buy (laughs) it i guess i'll take these yeah i feel like they turn the heat up in those those changing rooms to force people to buy clothes it's horrible i'm glad that we're having this um this therapy session for big guys on this podcast like if you're if you're kind of a weird looking dude or you're a little fat or you're too tall this is a podcast for you folks oh yeah i mean thank god we're doing this bring on all the freaks this is the pod this podcast is (laughs) is like for freaks by freaks (laughs) uh but yeah man clothes sucks sometimes clothes can really suck and uh so just to bring it to that wardrobe shit like I was talking about, when you go to shoot these fucking, like, I was shooting some random Google uh, Google notebook commercial with, uh, actually, shout out to Hassan Minaj, uh, who was the elite, the talent in that. Never aired, but I had to go and, like, uh, get fitted for a polo and khakis and a belt. And, like, you have a size card when you audition for commercials that have all your sizes in it. And I have my waist size listed as 40, which it is. Uh, the woman is like, the wardrobe woman's like, can you put this belt on? I'm like, the belt doesn't actually close. And she's like, well, it's, it's a size 40. And I go, yeah, I know. But sometimes you need to go like a couple of sizes larger in the belt for the sake of the yep. slack. Because if it's 40 and I'm a waist size 40, I'm going to barely be able like I can get. There's no room in the pants. So there's not going to be any room in the belt. And she's like, well, you said 40. And I'm like. Well, it doesn't fit. She's like, it should fit if you say you're 40, if you're actually a 40. So I have to sit here and talk to a, like, a woman and remind her about my obesity, which is like <laughs> triggering. This is like triggering oh, no. on everything of my entire childhood. It's like a woman going, like my worst fears are coming into play. Like a woman's like, oh, you're overweight. That's a problem. And it's like, no, no, no. I've, I've finally gotten comfortable with my size. Just don't make it a big deal. Just find me a bigger fucking belt. <laughs> and then it's humiliating. And I know this happens to a lot of fat people because they'll, 
they'll be like, all right, we have some pants for you. I'm like, well, what kind of pants do you want me to wear? They're like, jeans or black pants. I'm like, I'll bring jeans and black pants. They're like, really? We have some. I'm like, okay, but I trust me, it's just gonna, and then like, they're fucking just grabbing, oh, 4034, that's perfect. I, you grab it, and if it's fucking like not Levi's or Arizona or some American brand, it might not fit, or it's a weird cut, or it gets, I can't get my thighs in, but I could maybe foreseeably button it around my, uh, underneath my gut. And I'm like, they don't give a fuck. People will let you just hang out there. And, and you hear about this more and more. Obviously, I think women and and then you hear about it even more with people of color in hair and makeup. But it is like you're you're they make you feel bad. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry for the extra work. But aren't the clothes supposed to fit me? Like, aren't you supposed to just do this? And it's fucking yeah. upsetting. And it's triggering is what I guess what I'm getting at. Is it Absolutely. Triggering. It's people who have autopiloted their job. Which is true, I think, of actors and writers and directors, too. You're kind of like, okay, I've done this long enough. I can just, I can get away with the bare minimum and still be successful. Yeah. That's great, but how does that make me feel if you're like, oh, you're a, you said you were a 40. Are you lying? <laughs> right. Did you lie? Are you trying to say that you're thinner than a 40 or you're bigger <laughs> than a 40 and you're trying to be say that you're thinner? Like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. It's like, no, you need, that is something everyone should know. If you are a costume designer <laughs> and you are your job is to outfit people for movies and television and commercials you should know that the belt has to be bigger than the waist thank you otherwise it is exactly the right size and that means you don't need it you, it the belt is more often than not totally cosmetic yeah it is not needed to hold your pants up sometimes it is but in, uh, if the if the pants fit correctly you don't need the belt right but we've made it where belts are required cosmetic accoutrement so the belt needs to be bigger than the pants thank but you but if you're an asshole <laughs> it is then you either don't know or don't care uh, yeah, you saying the autopilot thing put it into perspective a little bit for me. Like, if I want to give these people the benefit of the doubt, they're just driving home on their normal commute from work, and a road is closed, so they have to take a detour, and they're like, "Oh fuck, this is annoying." Are you sure this detour is necessary? And it's like rather <laughs> rather than just like making the three lefts and rights that they need to get around it, they'll be like this. Uh, and I would do the same thing. I'd be like, fuck. Oh, come on, motherfucker. Can't I just stay on La Cienega for six more blocks or whatever? Instead, it's not a big deal. But no, there's a giant fucking tractor in the road. You can't stay on La Cienega. <laughs> you could yeah. drive into it's the like, tractor no point in- <laughs> if you want. <laughs> exactly. It's like digging in and going, well, why is the road closed to the guy who's flipping the stop sign? is not going to help your situation at all. all. Sorry, I'm fat. Yeah. Also, they booked me for this job, not you. I did say to the woman, if you thought I was, if I was lying about my waist size, I would probably go lower than 40. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. If 40 is the lie, what's the reality, bro? I don't want, I'm not honored to write 40 down. That's a number I said I would never want to get to. Well, hun, I'm fucking there. All right. I hope you're happy. (laughs) Yeah. 40 is the one size, the first size they don't care. Yes, exactly. 40 is the one you have to ask about. They don't put 40s out. But sometimes they have 40s in the back. But if you're a 42, which I've been in my life too, you're toast. You can only wear Carhartt. You have to wear like just fucking like construction worker clothes. You have to dress like Action Bronson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or or you have to go to one of the like this is the this is the height of indignity in my opinion. 
is going to the big and tall. They try to destigmatize the big and tall. And my mother, God bless her, who's in the, the other room because I'm visiting my mom this week, <laughs> is she would always be like, wait, just go to the big and tall store. These pants don't fit. Let's go to the big and tall store. I'm like, I'm not going to the big and tall store because they treat you like a child. <laughs> You're like, well, they're Granted, gonna- <laughs> I am 12 at this point, but I did not want to be treated like a child. They, You go to the fucking big and tall store and they patronize you. It's like, oh, welcome to this wonderful world of fat guy clothes. Yeah. And isn't it great that we can live freely here? It's like a, it's like a, a Holocaust survivor going to Israel for the first time. <laughs> Is when you go to the fucking big and tall store, but that is not okay. I don't want to be treated differently. I want to be treated like everybody else, and I want you to carry a thirty-eight at your fucking Abercrombie or your your Urban Outfitters or your H and M. I want a thirty-eight. Yeah. Don't make me go to the big and tall store because guess what? Most of the big and tall store clothes, those are for people who are really big. Yes. And that means I'm now I'm looking for the thirty-eight. Now I'm like. You guys, you guys have a 49 or 450, yeah. but you don't have a 38. So what am I doing here? That's my problem, too, is that I'm like right in between. Also, the issue with big and tall is if you're not six foot nine when you walk in, you really feel you really are pointed at that. You're just big, bro. <laughs> like, you're, <laughs> like, Dave, I know you're not taller than me. And so when I when I get sent to the big and tall, I'm like, I'm not tall. So I know why I'm here. <laughs> like, I wish I know I'm here for the big part of the big and tall you fucking pricks <laughs> yeah i can't this is i'm gonna start walking around looking like i'm uh that guy from uh what's it called bojack horseman that's in the the adult oh, coat what's his name oh it's like vincent adultman or whatever something yes, like that. yes exactly like i'm gonna start looking like that i'm gonna be, i'm gonna look like uh mini me if he when he's dressed like austin powers i'm gonna look ridiculous like give me something that's in between big and tall and these clothes are only made for people who do heroin. Like there's gotta be, gotta (laughs) be a better way. And thank God we are in an era where elastic pants exist and are prevalent and are free flowing and nobody cares. Regular people wear elastic pants. This is the most democratic period of fashion I can remember. I I love it. I'm here for all that shit. You know what? I'm also let's just to get into fashion. Like you talked about, like looking through magazines and stuff. I like that fashion has hit like every community in a way. And like, I mean, I am talking to a black man, so I'll use, uh, but like (laughs) fashion in the, in amongst my black friends has changed so much in the last decade in such a way where it's like, and then you watch like, uh, the NBA guys, uh, all just fucking flexing hard on with their outfits. And you're like, Oh, this is fucking. And this season, I, I, I was really, catching up and seeing it more and from following uh, both, I'm not a big basketball head or a fashion head, but I follow so many between Instagram and Twitter and and uh, friends of friends that I started to know. And in my head, I was just going, I hope that the NFL starts doing shit like this and I'll just be clocking what every lineman and linebacker, (laughs) what what companies they're wearing. Cause I'll just be like, cause that was the fun thing about basketball too. I was like, well, if these giant dudes are going to get companies to start making shit in like, uh, you know, length 51, that might make it a little more open for everybody. Like, and I'm just excited that like, I hope big boy fashion comes in hard. So like that there's people. So when you go, also the other thing is going to big and tall shops, everything is solid. There's no crazy colors because they're like 
hide fat people you have to hide <laughs> yeah don't don't draw attention to yourself don't wear red because yeah. you look at the kool-aid man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i'm looking forward to like when i see more athletes in their uh, in their fucking uh, uh their fits and the bigger dudes i'm just gonna be fucking writing down every company like i'm gonna be like okay so they make uh, a fucking 40 44 shoulders or whatever i think i'm a 54 l or 52 l and 54 r in suit so i'm like yeah. give me i want to see the big boys what they're rocking like and that shit excites me and that's like you're talking about going through gq for a minimum it's me going like oh like robert kirkman wore this tux on the red carpet where did he get that tux because <laughs> yeah. if i ever I need to wear that's a tux it. that's what i need I think Robert Kirkman was a better reference than, like, I was going to say George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what what fucked up hat is he yeah, wearing? Like, Catch me in suspenders in a weird chauffeur's cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so uh, where, yeah. where are you going for fashion inspiration these days? Like, uh, like, do you have, like, go-to sites or magazines or designers or... Do you have inspiration like in your head when you're thinking of like clothes you want? And you're like, oh, this season I'm going to be all about. You're currently rocking a very beautiful pink flamingo light like linen shirt of some sort, and I, I'm here. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. But uh, what 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 what's your motivation or inspiration these days? Well, uh, so there are obvious you know, places to go that have been around for a long time. Like GQ, I think is doing wonderful work in, in, in changing the way we think about fashion for men, um, democratizing it. Uh, the, the, the writers and editors there are doing a great job of like finding the intersection of fashion and culture and, 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 and putting people who are non-traditional uh, subjects into great clothes. Like this last issue, they had a, a Steve Buscemi profile, and they had Buscemi dressed up real nice. Hell and yeah! G, they had there was a uh, uh, what's his face? Post Malone did a, a cover a cover spread, and Post Malone is a regular looking dude who's kind of ugly. Yeah. and it's like okay, yeah, here we go. This is it. This is it. It doesn't always have to be Brad Pitt or Chris Chris Evans or something. It can be like weird, cool people who are kind of ugly. Um, so I go to GQ a lot. And I also have this app. It's called Mr. Porter. Mr. Porter is essentially the men's extension of Netta Porter, which is like the the app where you go. It's a women's app. Netta Porter is a women's app. Mr. Porter is for men. It's just a bunch of different brands, fashion brands. Um, and you can search by brand. You can search by what clothes you need. And then it has an editorial function where they like recommend stuff and they have articles and features and all kinds of things. So when I'm taking a shit or something, <laughs> I'll just scroll through this. Or like if, if if my girlfriend Hallie and I are in bed, I'll just be like looking at my phone, looking at clothes and thinking about clothes uh, in my spare time just because that's fun for me. Yeah, I yeah. enjoy that. Um and then, you know, when you see, like, what things... Because you can you can go on the Mr. Porter app and see, like, what's new. There's a big button that says, what's new. If you just click what's new, it's like, oh, okay, here's all the things that, p that companies are putting out, that designers are putting out, things that are fashionable right now. Camp collar shirts, like the one I'm wearing, where it's, like, the open collar. That's been a summer trend for the last, I guess, three or four years. That's now. one of my favorite. That's pretty much what I have in there, because I have so many of the Hawaiian shirts, which usually have that kind of collar, too. Exactly. Um, and then I'll go to stores. Like there are stores, uh, physical brick and mortar stores in LA that I know I can go to that are going to have the designers and the clothes that I want to wear. So I go to Mohawk General Store, um, which is on Sunset in Silver Lake. Um, 
near, I guess, what is near there? Oh, there's a sweet green near there. Uh, <laughs> that, that's just a standard LA direction. <laughs> there's a sweet <laughs> yeah, green. Yeah, where's the sweet green? <laughs> there's a sweet green near there. It's like being on Long Island yeah. and saying it's next to the Italian ice place. <laughs> exactly. It's in the same complex as the old Circus of Books, so like that weed store yeah, there, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and, and if you start going to the same store to either buy clothes or just look at clothes, there's a, a, a special magical thing is going to happen. They're going to remember who you are. The manager, the clerks are going to remember like, oh, this guy came in here and he wanted that. And you looked at that. Or he's interested in this designer or that that color or whatever. And when they start to develop a familiarity with you, they will recommend things to you. It's like, oh, you know what I think you'll like is this. You should try this. We're talking about put- the human interaction algorithm. The best kind <laughs> of algorithm there is. <laughs> exactly. Just the ability for someone to be like, I know you like this. And I want to give you this because I think it will also gratify you and it will look good yeah. on you. You've been in here asking about this and look, we got something similar. But I also think based on you bought these last time, you might like these too, you know, whatever the thing is. And that's that's a great feeling. And when you have really developed a rapport with this person, they will do for a fee, essentially, what your friends may or may not do. And that is tell you when you look like shit in something. Yeah. They're not, if they're really like invested in you as a returning customer, they won't just force clothes on you. Because the worst feeling is like, oh, that fucking guy at the store told me I looked good and I got home and I looked like shit and I got ragged for looking like shit or I couldn't button the jacket and he was like, it doesn't matter if you can button the jacket, just wear it open. And then it's like, oh no, everyone can tell because it's like they can physically see that there's no way that it would be possible to button the jacket. It's not enough that it's like you leave it open, but when when someone can eyeball you and be like, "Mm, yeah, that jacket could never physically close on that person's body it doesn't matter like you're sold out so you want those clerks to to have a a a feeling uh of of ownership of you as a as a as a customer that they want to make you happy they want to make sure that you're wearing clothes that look good and that you will come back and trust them hell yeah and also if if your shopping trip uh like becomes fruitless and like you can't you don't find anything to buy that time you might get kicked off on like but i am now looking for a cool like now i do know want i want a short sleeve white button down or something like you might get inspired to like keep your eye out for other things so like i think that because that's where i get a lot of from like i'll see someone wear something cool or i'll i'll be like something like I'll wear a shirt that I think I like, and then it'll get multiple compliments, and I'll be like, oh, maybe this shirt, and then I'll like be like, why do I like this shirt? Why do people, I like it. I'm like, oh, the color looks good on my skin when I'm tan. Oh, the fit is nice. My arms look uh, buff in this. And then it's like, all right, let's see how we can make that happen again with a different color shirt, or you know what I mean? Like, And that's been a fun game for me as I'm becoming like caring more about this shit for the first time in my life. Yeah, you got to crowdsource your choices sometimes you have to you have to have an innate sense of style but you also have to be open to suggestions yeah and also look at the look at the other people that are in the store what are they looking at and one of the nice things about living in los angeles is you might see a famous person or a person who's successful or a person who's like oh yeah maybe i should be looking at this stuff because that guy or a woman is is like interested in that thing like this one of the stores i go to i'll periodically see ryan johnson buying clothes oh, as a director yeah. and i'm like oh we have totally different body types 
there's no way that we would ever be able to wear the same clothes but we are clearly interested in the same kinds of clothes so if i see him like looking at something i'm like oh okay i i should consider this because i think you know you can see people who have style that you admire or people whose style is is uh, similar to yours so it could be just a stranger it could be a famous person it could be your friend it could be your dad whatever like find those inspirations find those those key uh pieces and and, and and see what people are doing and, and take inspiration from it. Don't ever copy anybody. Yeah. Copying what people wear is the worst fucking thing you can do because that means you don't have any style for yourself. But if you look at what someone's doing and you take some inspiration from it and you say, I want to do something like that. It's the same thing with writing uh, or any creative uh, endeavor. And I would say wearing clothes is a creative endeavor. It's a form of expression. If you take what someone else is doing and get inspired by it, but put your own spin on it, you're going to be a happier person. Yeah, I, I would say, like, to keep it uh, along the gender uh, the gender lines of male, fashion male, I, like, the same shit we do with haircuts. It's like, you can't yep. straight up rip off some dude, like, a haircut, because it might not work on you, but you could tell your barber, hey, look at this picture of, insert male celebrity, male model, uh, rapper, uh, athlete, whatever, I kind of want hair like this. They'll be like, "Hey, your head's way too fat," but I can. Uh, but <laughs> if it's because you like the high fade, we can work on that. Same thing with fashion. It's like I like this dude's outfit. It's like, yeah, but I don't know if, about you wearing white linen as a fucking. You know, you eat red sauce every day. So here's your version of that. Like you know, like here, here's how you can kick off from there. Yeah, you're taking the details. You're not taking the broad strokes of someone's outfit. You're taking like, oh, I really like uh, plum. As a color, yeah, yeah. I really think yeah. like a dark purple is cool. I'm gonna get a dark purple blazer, yeah. or I really like the break on that person's pair of pants. I would like a break similar to that, yes. and I would like to wear shoes that look a certain way with that. It's like everything is about details. It's not about oh, I'm just gonna copy this thing. I'm just gonna copy this. The first time I ever hit felt the real hit of I should concern myself with what I wear is because I was just coasting through life, going like, yeah, whatever. I look like at best medium anyway. So like, uh, I'll just throw on this button down shirt that I think is cool or funny. And I'll wear this with jeans, my one pair of jeans that fit. And then I'll either wear shitty sneakers or less shitty shoes. If it's like a, 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 a formal thing, but I went to Sundance cause I was like a small part of this movie and some of the other cast members were there and they're a little bit more clothes horse type people. And maybe, in my head too, and maybe I was projecting this, but like in shape and like it was Dave, it was Dave Franco, my friends, Dave Franco and Adam Pally. But Nick Offer yeah. Nick Offerman was there too, and he's not necessarily a model figure. But these guys, we had to pose for so many pictures and like be in so many situations where I felt like I looked like such an asshole because of my outfit. Like there's even like a cast <laughs> picture where everyone is all did it up. And this is my first Sundance and it's like, everyone looks cool. Like Aubrey Plaza and Alison <laughs> Brie. I'm just name dropping, but I just want to show you how cool and fashionable the other people were. And then just like in the back is like a 300 pound guy whose hair and beard <laughs> is all messed up. And he's in just like a pearl snap cowboy shirt. And then it's like, everyone else is like dressed for Sundance. And I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I look like such a fucking idiot. And it's because I didn't even wear something I like. I should have just worn a Hawaiian shirt underneath a, a winter jacket. And I would have at least felt comfortable myself. So now I, yep. I'm dressed how I think I'm supposed to be dressed. And I look dumb and I don't feel comfortable. So hindsight, I'm just like, 
embarrassed by myself. And it took those guys being around me, like getting in a photo with uh, fucking Dave Franco and Adam Pally. You start to feel fat and sweaty, like immediately. <laughs> You're like, okay, okay, yeah. You guys are wearing leather jackets over sweaters and are managing to not faint. I'm here in like a fucking visible white crew neck tee underneath a cowboy shirt, <laughs> looking like a fucking uh, college freshman. This is. I, uh, the most instructive story you could tell on this podcast because never dress the way you think you're supposed to dress. Take the guidelines. You know it's Sundance. Okay, great. But you still have to be yourself. And that goes back to what I was saying about uniforms and why I loved uniforms is if you are always the guy who's in the fucking white suit, then that means you don't have to think about what you're going to wear to the occasion. It's you're going to wear a white suit. What is Fran Lebowitz going to wear to a wedding or a book signing or a speaking engagement? The same fucking Anderson and Shepard blazer, jeans, and boots she wears all the time. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to constantly think about it. If you are not, if you are not the person who's like, oh, I'm comfortable in certain clothes or I like to wear stuff, like Adam Pally is someone that I, I get a lot of inspiration Same. from. I don't know him at all. I've never met him before, but his clothes are always cool. He's always got the best fits. He's always trying to like take his style to the next level. And uh, I, wholly, I totally respect that guy and what he does with clothes. But if you're not that person and you don't have that sense, don't try to be that yes. because you will miss the mark. Be yourself. Yeah. I, you're, to shrink down your uh, examples to the podcast world, Jason Manzukis pulls off a plain white button down and jeans better than most people. And that's exclusively <laughs> what he wears. He looks good in it. Yep. He just knows what he's going to wear to every live performance. It's just, it's a genius move. Yep, exactly. Uh, Mike Mitchell. Yeah. How about how, how about Mitch wearing a, a Patriots hat and a T-shirt and, and shorts all the time? That's enough. <laughs> yeah. He's happy. Yeah. He doesn't care. He probably he'll, when that movie he's in comes out, he'll probably wear that to the premiere. Like who fucking cares? Like just be that guy. Um, Dave, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty and talking about fashion. And now I got bad news for you. You're oh, you're going to be getting texted pictures of my outfits in the mirror and uh, requesting advice slash roasts. I got bad. That's okay. That is what you're. That's what boys are for, dude. That's what I said. Your boys are here to give you advice to tell you when you've gone right, when you've gone wrong. So bring it, man. I'm ready. Oh well, that's wonderful news. Thanks, bud. Uh, Pay it forward. Why don't you tell uh, people a little bit about Full Court Chat and uh, where else they can find you and what else you got going on, which is according to your social media. A lot. A lot. I have a lot going on. Full Court Chat is my sports comedy improv podcast. I play a kind of obnoxious version of myself, uh, who is a sports writer, uh, who has celebrities of the sports world that are not actually real people on the show. So I have some really amazing comedians. Carl Tart uh, is in an episode. Ben Kahn. Uh, Lou Wilson, who's on American Vandal, uh, is in an episode. A lot of great people. John Gabris himself is in an episode that should be dropping sometime around when this episode of High and Mighty comes out. You play a professional wrestler who may or may not have done pornography. That's all I'll say. That's all you got to know. It's a coin flip of whether or not he's done porno. But you'll see if you listen to the episode. So I think it's really fun. They're, they're 30 minutes. You know, it's in and out. We try to keep it about, you know, uh, the comedy. There's not a lot of goofing and stuff. It's very funny. 
It's an easy listen. There's going to be six. It's one season. Then we're going to take a take a break and hopefully do a second season. But uh, I'm very proud of it, and I hope you listen. I hope you subscribe. It's on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, yeah. Rocket, Fuck, all the wherever you're listening to this apps. podcast. Just open that app and download Full Chord Chat and give it a shake. Yeah, yeah it's it's easy. Yeah, it's it's simple, and uh, I hope you listen to it, like it, leave it. Uh, a five-star review of some sort and you can find me at dave underscore shilling on twitter and that's where you'll find out you know all my feelings about black lives matter and defunding the police but also other things too. <laughs> but for now that's going to be a lot of it so check that <laughs> unfortunately usually my twitter is just jokes and yeah. me promoting stuff but until the world is a safe and just place for everyone I'm going to be really annoying. Yeah. Well, I wonder in 10 days, by the time this episode comes out, maybe maybe it'll all <laughs> be fixed. fixed it. <laughs> Trump resigned. The police department put their guns yeah. down and decided, we're not going to we're going to stop killing LAPD people. went uh, to Malibu and all did DMT together and now they're they're <laughs> back and a little more empathetic. <laughs> we're all by, we're all into crystals. If the, if and, the LAPD uh, went full pansexual, I, I think it would be life-saving for a lot of people. All it's going to take is one high colonic for every <laughs> police officer, and they're going to be like, I think I might be gay. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on High Mighty. Uh, follow Dave. Uh, his... Uh, shit will all be in the show notes or in the tweet accompanying this episode i'm at gabris on social media check out action boys on patreon check out uh the gino lombardo show on stitcher premium promo code gino for one free month um and as always thanks for listening shitheads bye that was a hit gum podcast